Father God, Lord, we thank you for your word as we turn in your word to, to look and learn about angels and what they do and how they impact our day-to-day life. God, I pray that you would guide this discussion or that you would work through the discussion. Lord, I pray that we would learn what a mighty God we serve. And remember that you are the God of the storms and you are the God of the sunshine. You are the God of the hills and you are the God of the valleys. And you move and you speak. And sometimes you choose to use angels. And so God, I pray that as we look, you would protect us from superstition, from from adding to your word, but God, being open to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... First thing that we did was we defined angels. Then the second thing that we talked about was cherubim, which we said were representatives of the wrath of God. And last week, uh, or a week before last, we talked about the seraphim which, uh, uh, and the living creatures, which we, I said uh, the, the, they could be separate because they're called two different things. I believe that they're all one and the same, and we, we went through that. And so today we're going to talk about two aspects Uh, of angels. One is the angel of the Lord that we see in the Old Testament, and then some are an angel of the Lord. And so I want to start with the easiest one first. So we read a curious story in 2 Samuel about David. David uh, disobeyed God. He counted the people, which was actually David's great sin. Um, And so uh, a prophet of the Lord came and said to David, thus says the Lord, three things I offer you, choose one of them and that I may do it. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, shall three years of famine come to you in your land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days pestilence in your land? Now consider and decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercy is great. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from morning until the appointed time. And there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba 70,000 men. And when the angel of the Lord stretched out his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel who was working destruction among the people, It is enough. Now stay your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arhunah the Jebusite. And then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Behold, I have sinned and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. So the story is, is that David sinned greatly by numbering the people. In his pride and in his arrogance, he did a census so he could say, How awesome I am. God sent a prophet, Gad, to see him. The prophet gave him options of, of how do you want the wrath of God. David said, if it's from men that I suffer, there will be no mercy, but I would rather fall into the hands of God. And so he chose God, three days of destruction from God. And so God sent a angel. And your, some English translation, it calls it the angel of the Lord. Some of your translation calls it an angel of the Lord. In Hebrew, it is an. It is, there is no definite article to define that this is the angel of the Lord. And we know that this is an angel because God speaks to the angel. God says to the angel, stop. So this is an angel that God sends. 
we see something similar. If you want to turn in your Bible to Zechariah 1, if I didn't cut that text out, it would have been two pages, and I know that we, we can't do that. So um, I, you, you'll have to turn in your Bible to Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah is right at the end of the Old Testament, and I'm going to start reading in verse 7. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah the son of Berechiah, son of Edo, saying, I saw in the night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen, and behind him were red, sorrel, and white horses. Those of you who are horse people, what is sorrel? Is it a color? I looked it up, and they said it's a, it's a distinct pattern found on horses. I don't know what that means, though. So nobody knows? You guys are... So it's got a, something on its face. Yes, sir. Okay, so there you go. Now we know. It was a light brown with kind of a flaxen tail. So there was a red horse, a sorrel horse, and white horses. And then I said, what are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, These are they whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtles and said, We have patrolled the earth, and behold, all the earth remains at rest. Then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have no mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, against which you have been angry all these seventy years? And the Lord answered gracious and comforting words to the angel who was with me. So the angel who talked with me said, Cry out, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion. So here we see in this story... God communicating with an angel of the Lord. So the of the Lord is possessive. It's just an angel that God has. And he is doing a specific task here. Apparently there are men who are on these three colored horses that are riding around patrolling the earth. Uh, those men are probably angels as well. We get the indication from, from the story that they're eternal beings. Um, and so this is an angel that God has who's sent for a specific task. And we will see as we kind of march through other stories of angels that oftentimes when angels appear in human form, they do so for a specific and given task. Go and do this. But see, the difference in this story of an angel of the Lord is that it's clearly not God because God's communicating with his angel. You see the difference of the character. And the Lord said to the angel, and then the angel of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts. So the angel's referring to God, that God is talking to the angel. So this is an angel and, again, not a definite article, the angel of the Lord. And so I, those are two examples in the Bible of an angel doing a specific task. That angel belonged to God, and the Old Testament writer refers to this angel as the angel of the Lord or an angel of the Lord. But in the story, we see God and the angel are separate. And so now, I want us to look at a, someone that we see it throughout the Old Testament that is referred to with a definite article in the Hebrew constantly, and that is the angel of the Lord. And there's a difference. So, let's... Turn all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 16, and you don't have to turn because I've got it there in your notes. The angel of the Lord found, and this is Hagar, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. 
Remember, Abraham had, had sinned. He had impregnated Hagar. Hagar had had a child. That all fell apart. Abraham sends Hagar and her child away. So the angel of the Lord finds her by a spring. And she, he, he asks her, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mis- mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. She, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. Now who spoke to her? Well, we read the story and it was an, the angel of the Lord, but she recognizes that it was God himself in a human form who's talking to her. She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. So in this narrative we can tell This is different than any other angel. She refers to this angel as God. In the book of Revelation, when someone falls and worships angels, the angels say, stop, no, I am not God. This angel angel of the Lord is different. She refers to him as God. Now, see the same thing in Genesis 22. When Abraham Abraham is going to sacrifice Isaac. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Morah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains in which I shall tell you. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. So he takes the knife, he's getting ready to kill his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For I now know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Wow, is that not prophetic about Jesus? Um, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time. So because of the text, the inspired text is telling us it's the same person. The angel of the Lord calls the second time. And said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, and not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you, and I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and the sand is on the seashore. So here, the angel of the Lord declares the Lord, it says. So the angel of the Lord speaking, but it's declaring, he calls himself in the narrative the Lord. So this is the angel of the Lord. This is God himself in a physical form who speaks. I will bless you 
And I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of your enemies. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now, I can't just roll over this because this is, I I had a professor, my Old Testament professor in college that said, this story is the Bible, and the rest of the story, the Bible, is a commentary on it. That this is God's first promise where he says, from you, all the world will be blessed. And if you look at the nation of Israel, all the way up to the book of Matthew, the only people being blessed are the children of Israel. How this prophecy is fulfilled is where the Lord was Jehovah Jireh again, where he provided he provided something we desperately needed. That is just so awesome. So here this prophecy screams forth that something is coming, something different, something amazing, something that will change everything. And so here we see that prophecy coming from the mouth of the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. In Genesis 31, Jacob sees this same angel. Then the angel of the Lord said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, here am I. And he said, lift up your eyes and see all the goats that made with the flocks are striped, spotted, and mottled, for I've seen all that Laban is doing for you. Now look, this is the angel talking. The angel of the Lord says, I am the God of Bethel. And Bethel means the the house of God where you anointed a pillar and made a vow of me. Now rise and go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. So Beth, just a little Hebrew lesson. Beth means house. Bethlehem is house of bread. Uh, Bethel is house of God. Um, and so here the angel of God, the Lord is talking and he says, I am the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. So we see that the angel is referring to himself as Yahweh, God. Actually, what he says here is El Bethel, uh, the God of the house of God, which is really super cool because when Jacob comes back to this place and wrestles with God, he officially changes the name of Bethel to go after this angel's name, and he changes the name to El Bethel. From Bethel, which is um, that's a lesson for all of us who who all of us who walk in Christ, because it's so easy for us to be about working for God. It's easy for us to say, "I'm doing stuff for God." Um, I have been around people in my life who work in the church or work in ministries, and this may be shocking to you, uh, who are jerks, who are very territorial. This is my area. Don't you come into my area. I'm serving God here. Get out. And it's easy to do that. And so I love that here Jacob recognizes there's a difference between the house of God, and the God of the house of God. God wants us to serve Him out of our overflow, out of our walk with Him. We're not supposed to be 
just about our service. God wants people who love Him, who work for Him, who their service is an act of worship. And that's easy to forget that God doesn't need us. And if ever we get to point, if ever I get to point that says, well, I can't go to Florida because then who's going to preach? And forget that God doesn't need me in this pulpit to bless this house. God doesn't need me to do anything. I need God to let me serve Him. I need the discipline of being doing what I'm told to do. God cares more about the character of His people than He does about what we do for Him. And so we see that in this story. That's for free. That has nothing to do with angels, but I can't go past El Bethel without saying that. Um, but here we see the angel of the Lord referring to himself as God. I am El Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Again, we see this when God gives us his name in Exodus 3. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Wow, Moses is quite the understatement. So, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see him, God, the the narrator here, the inspired narrator, who is in the middle of the bush? The angel of the Lord, right? Now, who does the narrator refer to the angel of the Lord as? God called out to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And then he said, do not come near. Take the sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So both the angel of the Lord refers to himself as God, and the inspired narrator refers to the angel of the Lord as God. And so here we have, in all of these cases, and I've I've gone through all of them on purpose to show you that the angel of the Lord is God in human form. It's God taking the form of a human, interacting with mankind. Now there are some stories, and next week we're going to look at um, some where the angel meets with with, uh, uh, Abraham, and, and Hagar laughs, and then with Lot, is that the angel of the Lord? Is that God? Is that an angel? Well, the story doesn't tell us. I personally think it was the angel of the Lord again. I think it was this physical incarnation of Yahweh that we're meeting. We'll talk about that next week, though. So, wait, wait, no questions yet. No questions yet. So, who is the angel of the Lord? If the angel of the Lord is God in human form, you know him. Now, I'm going to argue that this is a Christophany, which is a pre-incarnate, pre-Jesus being born of Mary, Jesus. Now, you say, how is that true? In John, we read, John chapter 4, the hour is coming, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. 
For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. God the Father is a spirit. He's not in physical form. If He was in physical form, He could not be omnipresent. He can't, couldn't be everywhere at one time, right? I can't be everywhere at one time. I try really hard sometimes. It's not possible. Jesus and Philip have this interaction in John 14. Philip said to him, Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, I love Jesus' sarcasm here. Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. What Jesus is saying is, is that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I am the physical embodiment of of God. And so as we read these stories, as we march through, I believe with everything in me, and I believe that this, those texts argue that those angels of the Lord that we see, why the writer differentiates them between an angel, the angel of the Lord and God is because it's something different. We read throughout the Old Testament where God speaks to a prophet or God speaks out of his Shekinah glory. In these cases, there's a a physical embodiment of someone that the writer is calling God. And I believe that that person, and I believe that the Bible is telling us in John, that every time we see those, that is Jesus. That that is Jesus the Messiah. Come God in human form, incarnate on this world, saying, here am I. And so the angel of the Lord that we see throughout the Old Testament, again, the the fancy technical term is a Christophany, a pre-incarnate arrival of God, the Christ, Jesus in human form. 